Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. Hey, really quick. This episode 15 is really episode 14, but shorter. See episode 14 with Marquetta and David Daly and hiking the PCT with three little kids. That was a long episode. It was basically two hours and 40 minutes. Um, I wanted to make a shorter one, and I tried really hard to cut out some stuff that was not important, leaving the good stuff. Uh, But if you want to listen to the whole thing, go and listen to episode 14 if you haven't done so. Uh, If you haven't listened to it yet, sure, listen to this one. Uh, This one's fine. Um, It's a little bit shorter. might be easier to get it in on a longer drive or get it into two-hour walks and just cut it in half. All right, take care and enjoy. Oh, my God. So, anyways, I super, super appreciate it. Um, oh, we, yeah. we appreciate it yeah. as well. This was, it was really this nice was awesome. talking to you, Dan. You know, right away, I'm asking you, like, tell me about your relationship with David and what he means to you. <laughs> you know, and you're like, come on, man. I thought I was going to talk about, like... Yeah, you no, know, that question threw me off. I was yeah, like, wait. Yeah, tell me how much you love him and look <laughs> him on, in the eye. I was, yeah, I was ready to talk about the hike, and I was like, wait, okay. Well, I had that one question, I didn't know, like, <laughs> whatever, I didn't know where to stick it in, no, if I should just leave it, or say it, I say it at the end. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Season 2 of A Long Walk North. Today's episode is brought to you by Triple Crown Coffee, Purple Rain Adventure Skirts, and the Thruer Hiking Community. Are you okay, Mom? Yeah. I was just making sure. Are you okay? Oh, yes. I'm just making sure, huh? I'm just making sure you're okay. It's always good to remind yourself. So that is little Sequoia, who's almost five. Uh, We're going to introduce you to her, as well as her two brothers and her two parents, who are just out for a little northerly walk on the trail. But before we do, I just want to say hello. My name is Dan. Welcome to another episode. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. My daughter, Chantel, she's in school. She's working, so she just couldn't be part of this episode, you know, because of the logistics of it. I reached out to Marquetta, who was hiking. Um, I follow her, as well as a whole bunch of us are following her on Instagram, because she has cute kids, and they're hiking the PCT. So I reached out to her. I actually just left a comment saying... You know, I'd love to have you on the podcast. She replied back that she would love that. And it would just be kind of neat to document her trip. So just had to wait for her to get to Wrightwood. You know, she sort of guesstimated that she'd probably be there on a Saturday. And maybe Saturday evening, you know, when the kids are in bed, we could chit chat. And we'll do that. For those that are new to this podcast, 
my daughter and I are planning on hiking the Pacific Crest Trail in the spring of 2024. I'm at the mid-century mark. I'm not going to live forever. I just wanted to set off and try to accomplish this thing with my daughter. It's going to take us five, six months to do it. And at the end of it, she is going to have many great memories of her old man, as well as the memories that I have with her. Before sort of she starts her life and maybe gets into kids, gets into a job, all of that stuff. We created a website to bookmark things for our family and friends, and that's where the show notes of this episode are. Our website is hikethepct.ca, and inside there, besides our show notes, but you know, it's just a little bit of the logistics about the planning and preparation of our hike, as well as we have the show notes for the podcast, and that's why I'm kind of highlighting this, is that I'm going to be putting in photos links of everything that we talk about and I'll even put some more photos in there to give you a little bit more context. So let's get started. In the past three springs I've gotten excited about each year's PCT class on the Pacific Crest Trail. I search on YouTube for people vlogging, I hit subscribe and I watch some. Everybody vlogs differently obviously and some people I gravitate more to and some I just I just don't have the time to watch each one. You know, last year, it was Littlefoot on the PCT that people were excited about. Littlefoot was a buzz on Instagram. Uh, There wasn't really any vlogs, but because of Littlefoot, and I think because of other people doing it in the past, Littlefoot wasn't the first child to be on the PCT. There's been many. Just, it's hard to find somebody with an Instagram or that vlogs about it, but lots of children do it. A lot of children would do section hikes and little sections of the PCT with their parents. But this year feels a little bit different. It feels like there's just more kids on the PCT on social media. You know, we talked to Mandy Bland, who is on trail right now hiking with her five-year-old son and husband. Her son is also known as Bedtime, as his uh, trail name, which is just awesome. We had her on episode 10 to talk about her PCT plans with the family, but they also just came back on episode 13 to sort of check in from us, check in from the trail and talk about how it's going with the, with the three of them. And things are moving along with them. They're getting stronger and stronger each day. Before I start, I wanted to highlight one more family. There's a family and they're doing vlogs. So I've watched about seven of their vlogs. It's a mom with two kids. The kids, it's sort of a brother and sister, and I would say, I'm just guessing, their ages are something like 13 and 10, you know, 12 and 9, something like that. Um, So I'm following them on YouTube. Their channel is called Dirtbag Family Hikers, all together. I'll put that in the show notes as well. But I just want to let you know, there's a lot of kids on trail this year. At least from what we see on, on social media, there's probably a whole bunch more. And now for today's episode, we're going to catch up with Marquetta and David Daly, who reside in California. They're hiking with their three kids along the Pacific Crest Trail, heading northbound from the Mexican border, where they set out March 16th of this year. You know, we're going to catch up with them. They're in Wrightwood, and they're staying at one of David's friend's house. I believe David is from Wrightwood, so it's sort of like he's in his own backyard. As this podcast is dropping, they're just getting back on trail from taking a zero or probably I think two zeros in Wrightwood and they're just starting off on their day 40 day 41 so right now uh, as we're recording this the kids went to bed it's just a little after 9 p.m california time for this episode I would suggest viewing the show notes on a laptop um, 
I'm going to add a whack of images from the hike and also some images that Marquetta and David, you know, before they even started the PCT, that's from her Instagram. I'd recommend you viewing it on a tablet or laptop and just go through the images and read the the little write-up that Marquetta puts on, on that. So they hiked with Sequoia on the John Muir Trail when she was one and a half years old and the photos are just stunning and you know she wanted to get on instagram to kind of help motivate parents get them maybe into the backcountry with their kids and just explore also in this podcast there's help of a friend of mine which is kara she's going to be reading marquetta's daily instagram summaries of the day so they're going to be peppered through this podcast uh day one day two day three and in between there i'm going to be putting uh some highlights of me talking with marquetta as well as david from Wrightwood, and i also talked to marquetta's sister and her dad as well so there's a little bit of them in here as well and i'm going to pepper in some little audio clips that i got from the kids from instagram so sit back enjoy this is a little bit different podcast But I think this is a great podcast that if you wanted to go for a walk, just sort of uh, enjoy the ride and just imagine if you were on the ride with them. You know, whether you have kids or don't have kids, uh, your mind will wander a bit about what would it be like if you were hiking with your kids if you had them. Or maybe you have brothers and sisters and you remember being younger and what a pain in the butt they were and how you would argue and, and fight with each other with your siblings. And I'm sure that your parents were probably mad if you were fighting with your siblings. So just sort of imagine the whole dynamics. It's boggles my mind. It's it's crazy. And I love it. I love it to death. I'm a fangirl. Here's the podcast. Enjoy. Charging down those craggy mountains with our thrift store friends. Who you find so, so in love with the fallen earth. In the middle of the falling night With the summer playing coy first question is about David. So before meeting David, before the kids, you know, you hiked the PCT in, in 2012. Then you got a job, you were working outside, you know, building trails, maintaining trails, and you guys met, fell in love 2014. Uh, in one of your IG posts, you know, you said it best when you wished him happy birthday. I don't know if you remember this post, but you said, you know, you had dreams of wanting to, you know, travel the world, walk trails endlessly live out of garbage cans, you know, with no possessions to your name (laughs) and eventually surrender to the hermit life, you know, of mountains sustained by sunshine, forging and love. Like, obviously, you know, you don't live that life exactly, but you're still madly in love. You're trying to instill in your kids, you know, to see the world for, you know, it's natural and wild beauty. But just talk a little bit about David uh, as if the PCT hasn't happened yet. Just, I guess, just talk talk about him I guess just as a husband and a father even before you did this trail yeah we met hiking in the Trinity Alps working together on a crew and yeah that's where we fell in love and 
it was difficult because we weren't supposed to have relationships. So it was just like a kind of a kind of a weird restricting beginning. Somewhere along the lines, we we kind of had the idea that it would be awesome to have a child together. And then it happened and and you just went with it. I remember the moment so well. It was such a cool, cool experience to go through, <laughs> to go through that, find out that we're having a child. It was just like, wow, OK, we're doing it. Yeah, I think we both had the same feeling of like, well, is that is that it? Like, do we need to change our whole life around? Because before finding out we were pregnant, we were always hiking and outside and my dream job was working trails and just being outside yeah and I think it's just been really nice because David's just down to take risks I come up with crazy plans and David's just always been on board and I love that about him so much it's (laughs) it's you know he's so supportive in that it's good how you met right you met sort of on trail in a way working on trail so it's not like one person loves the outdoors and the other person really hasn't done it too much in their life you both had that common ground when you met each other so that's that's good my introduction to the outdoors was a lot more structured there was a lot more like planning and you know, like stick to trails and David's introduction to trails and introduction to the outdoors was just so much more like flexibility. And that's also something I was really infatuated with. Like he would just, you know, be like, oh, let's go there. And there was no trail. Uh-huh. And we as long go- as you don't get lost or killed, that's the main. <laughs> yeah, that's just cross country, and <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just felt such freedom with him um, when we met, and we would just go on like random adventures that you know weren't marked on the map, and I really love that. Obviously, on March 16th, you know, you set off, you posted, you know, your little photo. You didn't say too much, just, you know, off you go. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you went the first eight miles with Sequoia, met a fire ant, Standa, uh, you know, pooping, you know, in in, (laughs) in two out of three pairs of his pants. Um, Day one, 8.2 miles. Wow, what a hard day. We had a late start at 9.30, so we didn't get as far as we hoped, but wow, can you fit a million different things into a single day when hiking with three little kids. Sequoia got bit by a fire ant, huge problem. Stenda managed to poop into two of his three pairs of pants. Big lesson learned to keep him pantless on breaks. I held Joshua's hand the entire day. My fingers already feel like they will fall off. Sequoia spilled half our dinner while trying to find the perfect rock to sit on. I fed our dinner out of my hands to Stenda. We couldn't find a place to sleep and by the time we did, it was almost dark and the kids were over it. Except Sequoia, she has been incredible and keeps telling us how much she loves the PCT. Sequoia talked the entire day, I mean non-stop. She covered so many topics. I forgot to pack the tortillas. Uh, Joshua didn't want to nap, so we let him just rest. Big mistake. And my mind can't stop going from we're idiots for being out here to being hopeful, glad, and happy that we're doing this. 
We now have about 12 miles before stopping at a store where they apparently sell ice cream and food. That's where we're headed. Today was beyond brutal, but I also know the first couple of days are often the hardest. So we're taking this one day at a time and we will see how we feel tomorrow. In your daily post, you said that, you know, your mind can't stop thinking that, you know, you're idiots for being out there, being hopeful, but also glad and happy you're doing this. I mean, talk a little bit about your thoughts in the in the in the very beginning, you know, as because obviously you walk, I know you got somebody you know chirping in your ear as you walk but uh you know what's it like with your thoughts well i i, I feel like we were really optimistic at first and then uh, and then slowly we started to realize the that yeah the reality of what we were doing mm-hmm. and the hardship we were about to to endure and and the and the good because there was lots of good in the beginning too mm-hmm. but you know it was yeah, I guess you could call it a little naive um, just because of the amount of optimism that we had and no focus on any of the hardship. Um, I guess I kind of lived my whole life that way, but. Day two, 8.3 miles is absolute chaos. We run out of water and that's just about the worst thing that can happen. David runs three miles to refill our bottles but we realize that a waterless stretch greater than 10 miles isn't possible for our family. We can't have the kids carry water, it's too heavy, and David and I don't have any space for any extra bottles. We're all drinking a lot more water than we thought we would. Also, eight miles seems to be the most miles we can do at this point. It's painfully slow. David and I are struggling with the constant breaks, but also it is as we expected it to be. Updates are hard. There's no time. I thought I would be writing every night after the kids are asleep, but I've constantly fallen asleep every night with them, so this update is late. We are now continuing hiking to the next store where the kids can have ice cream. You don't you don't know what it's going to be like until you do it. I mean, the hard yep. one of the hard things is just the yeah. carrying the water. Like that's just oh, adds yeah. more weight. The, wa- the water, food. yeah, the water was the huge thing. And um, someone actually, someone actually wrote to us that you know we're like, it was like a private message. Yeah, about Marquetta just... posted we almost ran, we ran out of water, but we hadn't fully ran out of water. We just... I read, I read, I went through all your comments, but I read that you mentioned that where somebody sent you a message saying, like, you know, you're going to go to jail or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so hard. Was... Nobody likes to hear that. I mean, somebody did a post, a public comment and just sort of said, because right at the beginning, right at the beginning, you were saying like, oh, my God, like, the you know, the water, about the water situation. And someone just made a comment of like, um, you should just get off trail. Like, you should do this when they're older. And, yeah. and, you know, you're like, thank you for your comment and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm sure that they read all your posts and they have a different opinion now. And that was just sort of day two or day three. I was pretty glad for it because I'm I'm writing all the Instagram posts. And when I when I read this person's uh, message to us, I realized like, oh, my words can be perceived, you know, mm- differently than i intended and i should you know make sure i'm writing things in a way that yeah because i I reread what i wrote and yeah i can see why that person was concerned because yeah i did literally say we ran out of water so 
maybe that person's thinking like, wow, they're just hiking out there with three kids and they have no water and everyone's thirsty. And no, no clue where they're going. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is not what happened. Mm. And so since then, I've I've been making sure to post things more detailed if they need to be or vague if they need to be just so people don't read into it more than yeah yeah yeah. day three 3.5 miles the kids are not in good moods in the morning but that gets sorted after a mile of hiking to a sunny spot stenda has been hiking a surprising amount of miles it's slow going but finally we make it to lake morena in time for lunch at the store an ice cream truck stops at the store to unload ice cream, and the guy shows the kids inside of his truck and then gives them ice cream. The kids are amazed. Trail magic. Our spirits are raised so much by this small gesture. We get a spot at the campground and take showers. Also a great morale boost. At the campground, we meet Legend, a man who tells the kids a story about communists, and the kids are absolutely smitten by him. The rest of the day is dedicated to rest and play and grabbing a couple of things from the store to get us through this next section. Also, I read all the comments people leave but have no time to answer anyone. I so wish I could, but it's so uplifting and wonderful to read everyone's positive comments. Truly, thank you. That was the hardest 20 miles of my life. The kids are tough but we're not sure if we can continue because we're not able to carry enough water for the five of us. Our plan is to regroup and see if we can come up with a plan on how to be able to continue. And people, you know, you could have a bad day. It doesn't mean it's the most horrible day and and you're quitting that night. Totally. Yeah. Or you can't figure out a solution. Like, you know, that's, that's what happens in life. If you should have the opportunity to try to, figure out you said that a couple times where you know what hey we're gonna get off trail and we're gonna rethink things and and sort of get a little a better roadmap of of how we're gonna try to tackle this and and keep moving forward Mm -hmm. first 20 miles i i didn't write about this but we were totally ready to go home yeah we were about to Uh, lake morena you know i was ready to call my dad and tell him like yeah this is this is too much for us and please come pick us up and yeah but we didn't have signal so (laughs) I started I started writing him an email and it just felt like too much to say like and I looked at the map and I was like well David you know if we hike 20 more miles to Mount Laguna like we'll have service there and we can get a ride from there so let's just hike the 20 miles and so we did and Day four, 8.5 miles. We leave Lake Morena early morning. The kids are loud and there are so many hikers sleeping all around us. We walk two miles to a sunny spot to dry out our stuff and eat breakfast. The kids are running down the trail pretending to be dinosaurs. It's a really good morning. It seems the kids are getting stronger. They seem to be getting used to the routine. Joshua can handle two mile stretches at a time, so that's what we've been doing to keep him as happy as possible. It's slow going, but we're moving. It's supposed to rain, so we set up our tent and tarp 
and hope it works for the rain coming in the night. In that next 20 miles, we yeah. something changed. And it was, you know, the amount of, the amount of, like, I don't know, like, humanness. I don't even know what to say. Just people are so, so open and willing and grateful and, and kind on yeah. the whole culture. And, like, this, this girl found Sequoia's doll that she had dropped and this ice cream guy came by randomly and gave the kids ice cream. Oh, is that the ice cream truck? Yeah. yeah. That's a kid's dream right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So many good things happened. And then we hiked 20 more miles and met more people. And everybody was just so... Uh, it was... Yeah. It was and like and Instagram, so the people... Instagram, yeah. yeah, it's uh, in, in on trail and on the internet. We just felt so supportive. And it, it snapped us out of this, like oh we're defeated yeah, like we gotta was... go and we we yeah we were able to shift our mindset about it and and yeah here we are yeah. we're going somehow. day five 10.2 miles the kids seem to be getting stronger a 10 mile day all day it's cold and wet, but somehow it's our best day on the trail. By noon, we've walked six miles and do a long break to cook warm food for ourselves. We meet so many encouraging and wonderful hikers. The last mile is emotional, but we finally get to a good spot to stop. Sequoia helps set up camp, and it's probably my f most favorite moment on the trail so far. Stenda and Joshua cuddle together with pretzels, watching us set up our tent for the night. Feeling really good about everything, but I am still unsure how to actually continue. We are three miles from town, and we plan to rest well tomorrow, possibly even take the following day off for proper planning. <laughs> oh yeah i mean you can you can tell after after lake marina i mean the kids are in high spirits because they have some ice cream you you realize the difficulty of the weight of water of five of you i mean oh, you're carrying enough to get through the next water supply like david had to run three miles up ahead to fill water bottles bring it back to you just the whole logistics of it just hiking in between the different water points on trail and the difficulty of being like, I mean, your kids are like professional bug spotters, right? Then professional <laughs> sherpas. So every little bug, they just want to stop and watch it crawl across the across the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're infatuated with everything. Mm -hmm. and... <laughs> yeah, which is great. It's wonderful to see because I feel like a lot of us uh, lose that a little bit when we get older. Um, so it's cool to see, uh, to get back in that kid spirit. Day six, 3.5 miles. We hike fast in the morning to get to town, motivating the kids with restaurant food, only to find it closed on Mondays. So we continue to the local store in Mount Laguna and meet so many good people hiking this trail and passing by. Everyone is so nice. I'm so proud of Sequoia and Joshua. They've now hiked over 40 miles, are in good spirits, and after resting today, want to continue. My heart is full. I can't believe they are handling this so well. It hasn't been easy getting here. There have been meltdowns every day from all of us. 
even David and I. Adjusting to this life is never easy, and it makes you feel crazy choosing a life in the dirt over the comfort of your home. But it's oh so rewarding and worth it. I can't even explain it. We're together and it feels so good. We're staying the night in a wonderful tiny home here in Mount Laguna. The kids are of course not resting, but running around crazy. But it's good because if they weren't, maybe I would feel that we've had them hike too much. They're just as hyper as they are at home. We will set out tomorrow to hike the next section. There's no long stretches without water and we all feel up to the challenge. Thank you again to everyone for all the moral support. We're doing what makes us happy, grounded and inspired. And it feels so much gratitude to be able to try this hike. You know, free spirited, adventurous little girl that she is being the oldest, you know, she has the most experience in the backcountry with you. Paint us a little picture because it, it looks sometimes that she's sort of like the second mom. She's the protector of her two little cubs as well. Sequoia is very um, strong-willed and independent. I remember, you know, when she was two weeks old, we went and, and dipped her in the, the Big Sur River because we lived near there. And and then we were taking her out by a month old into into hiking and doing overnights and eventually into the bigger hikes. And yeah, ever since she was able to start walking, she started climbing on rocks outside, um, always trying to go in the water. We put her down on the trail. She started running. (laughs) And so she she just kind of she's like Marquetta. She's a doer. She just sees something and gets it in her head and she just, she wants to do it all the way to the end. And yeah, Sequoia is very, very inspirational in that way. She's always, uh, I think uh, we got lucky with her because she's so, so okay with all the elements. I mean, she loves snow, rain, wind, wind, snow. I mean, nothing, nothing seems to upset her. Everything seems to just, you know, make her feel excited. And yeah, like it got us, made it possible for us to take the risks that we did and like go out and and keep good spirits about it all. yeah. Yeah. She's the motivator. She really is. Yeah, she's she's so good at it. So naturally, not trying. Kids are so intuitive with these things. It's yeah, and yeah, it's just amazing. Day seven, eight point seven miles. In the morning, we leave the oasis of our tiny home for the night and walk to the store in Mount Laguna to replenish food. We hang out and leave at 10 a.m. to continue hiking, expecting to make it three miles, but the kids blow us away with their willingness to hike, and we end up going over eight miles today. I'm amazed, and if there was ever a moment I was a proud mom, it would be today. Every obstacle, emotion, and the problem was dealt with grace. This is what I was envisioning before we set out to hike this trail. I don't care if we make it to Canada or even another stretch of the trail, but today for the first time I felt like we truly belong here 
and are okay to take up space amongst the thru-hiker community. We laughed, told stories, and sang songs, and the miles flew by. When I hiked the Pacific Crest Trail in 2012, everything hurt. I remember my body aching, my feet hurting so bad, it was awful to put socks on in the evening. And today, walking through this beautiful landscape, I realized I don't even recall any of it. Don't get me wrong, going 25 miles a day is an adrenaline rush and I love pushing myself like that. Hiking the PCT in 2012 will always hold a special place in my heart and I hope I will get to hike fast again. But there's something about these slow miles that make me realize it is just as thrilling as going far. The kids point out everything. We spend the whole time hiking, talking about what we see, and I feel so connected to this place and to our family. After our awful first couple of days, I didn't think this feeling was possible, and I'm filled with joy to be here. The good has officially outweighed the bad. What's she like with her two brothers? She's pretty good with them most of the time, but she's in that age where she, I think she's trying to establish her her kind of her age, her size, her dominance and what she knows and so yeah there's there's problems here and there where she picks on her little brothers and stuff and sure. tries to put them in the place and stuff but then there's other times where she tries to pick them up and carry them and show them stuff and and play with them so it's you know it's it's this both yeah. sides of the same coin it depends um, on her mood too yeah. absolutely um, every kid's yeah. like that anyways yeah. really yeah. yeah exactly so she's no different in that regard i think Day 8, 9.3 miles. The wind rages all morning. Strong gusts of wind make it difficult for Stenda to fall asleep in the backpack, and Joshua has a hard time staying on his feet. It's not very fun. Sequoia seems to be the only one able to embrace the wind, and she runs down the trail with her arms out like an airplane yelling, she's a warrior princess. She makes our crappy situation a little less crappy. By 3.30, we have hiked nine miles and are sitting in the parking lot at the Sunrise Trailhead. Our good friend Aaron is coming to pick us up, and we're all so excited to get out of the wind for the night and take a shower. Tonight, the kids are sleeping in a bed. We are all sending home a couple of things we don't need, which will lighten Joshua's backpack in the hopes of helping him hike stronger throughout the day. Next down the line, you have Joshua, who I guess is almost three and a half. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you fostered, then adopted into your family. And at that time, you know, you had, that was a family of four, you know, and you would camp in Big Sur and backpack and camp in the Sierra Nevada. And like I said, you did the Timberline Trail in Oregon and Joshua was along for that. But how has Joshua adapted to the outdoors? You know, mostly, in, you know, obviously he's inspired probably by his big sister sequoia's lead oh absolutely yeah yeah definitely Jeez. i think i think a huge reason why he's so like so good at walking and so good at climbing and everything is um i think it helps to have somebody close in age a little bit older than you that's a little bit um more skillful because then he feels comfortable to try and yeah, his his physical movements and dexterity grew really, really fast. 
um, when he was young. And um, yeah, and he's been doing better and better ever since. Um, oh, he's yeah, he's a, I think he's a little bit more too in, in touch with his like emotional side. And so he's he has a really soft, gentle kind of uh, spirit about him. Um, uh, Sequoia seems a little bit more like firm in her position and Joshua mm-hmm. seems a little bit more flexible and like um, he's jo- Joshua's such a sweetheart and he's so <laughs> yeah, he has I feel like his <laughs> gift is to be able to go along with things like this this hike has really shown us how you know he's he's just three and a half and he's you know <laughs> we 15 miles <laughs> yeah like and he's the least of our problems honestly like he's incredible i don't oh, yeah just even with his age like he's very adaptable but then also yeah. wants to follow the crowd go with the crowd <laughs> yeah i i honestly if i can't imagine doing this hike with three and a half year old sequoia no Mm-mm. like jo- it's either. it's it's just worked out perfectly that it happens to be joshua who's and you know he's he's doing what he sees sequoia doing what he sees me and david doing which is walking and he's he's down for it yeah uh, that's awesome <laughs> yeah day nine 9.8 miles Aaron drops us off at Sunshine Trailhead, and the kids are really sad to see him drive away. It was a really nice break to see a friend, and a huge help. Thanks, Aaron. Quickly, it gets very hot. There isn't a lot of water in this section, but enough for us to be able to hike it. The kids are troopers. Within hours, they are back to their dirty trail selves, covered in sticky candy, dirt, and sweat. Water sources don't come from creeks here, but concrete cisterns, some of which have dead animal bodies floating in them. On the way to camp, we come upon a man hiking the PCT who had slipped and broke his ankle and is being helicoptered out. The kids witness the whole ordeal and it's an opportunity to talk about safety. I think some people might feel we're putting our kids in danger, but I feel otherwise. Being safe is important, but it shouldn't prevent us from doing the things we love and from experiencing life fully. The risk is always worth it, in my opinion. By the end of the day, we are done and ready to eat dinner and go to sleep. If all goes well, we'll sleep in a hotel tomorrow and eat in a restaurant, fingers crossed. Day 10, 7.8 miles. By 9 a.m., it is unbearably hot. Holding hands with Joshua is difficult. Our hands are sweaty and slippery, and the terrains are difficult for his little legs. Somehow he's in good spirits, and we are close to being in an oasis of trail magic, trail angels, and rest. Scissors Crossing has plenty of water and fruit, and we even find a cookie and muffins for the kids. The hikers here are so friendly with the kids, providing stories and entertainment. The kids are all getting more and more comfortable with all the hikers we are meeting. The trail community is so wonderful. We get a ride from a trail angel to Julian, where we resupply, get delicious free pie and ice cream from Mom's Bakery, get dinner and rest. We then get a ride to a resort 
where we set up our tent, shower, do laundry, and meet so many more hiker friends. A very restful and positive day. Thank you to everyone who helped, provided entertainment for the kids, fed us, gave us rides, etc. Our spirits are high as a result and our hearts are filled with love. You know, you disappeared off of Instagram, I think in the fall of 2019 for a good while. When you popped back on, you had a, you had a third person in your crew. I mean, yeah. you had David, <laughs> had Standa, who's almost two years old. Give us a sense of the spirit of, of him and, and just, you know, how he is and, and now in your little wolf pack, joining your little crew, I guess, in the summer of 2020, which... You know, what a what a time to be alive in, in that year, 2020. <laughs> we adopted Joshua, or rather before we adopted him, when we were still fostering him, it was not easy. It's, wow, it's, it's hard bringing in a child and, you know, just building love. Uh, the, the, just the contrast of having a child that is your own and then bringing in a new one and and you know trying not to compare and it yeah, it really it shows a yeah it reflects everything that you're feeling inside and yeah when so, you don't have nine months to prepare and yeah. then you just take on take on a human life it's it's challenging mm-hmm. yeah it's it, so very challenging yeah and it's a, it's a huge reason why i stopped doing instagram at that point um i felt like i didn't want to showcase our life. I felt like I needed to focus on being a mom. And simultaneously, for some reason, I had just this like feeling that our family wasn't complete. Mm-hmm. And Danda was completely intentional and so grateful for for him being born. And yeah, our family feels complete yeah. with him. He's he's helped. I feel like Stunda helped me love Joshua in the proper way, if that makes sense. Because he was the second second child that I birthed. Yeah. And showed me what it's like to to love again and and I I saw what needed to happen with Joshua and then it, everything just kind of started coming naturally after Stunda's birth and he and, and Stunda I feel like has helped Joshua and Sequoia's relationship um yeah, immensely yeah he's they're they're like a tripod they're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's awesome. Day 11, 5.9 miles. We get a ride back to the trail in the morning to find some more trail magic. Donuts, coffee, fruit, a massage chair, and really good company. The kids get to meet Littlefoot underscore PCT and her family. A five-year-old girl who hiked the PCT last year. Such an inspiring family. The kids play together and with all the other hiker trash under the bridge, getting a hiker to race with them and another to swing them in their hammock. Such a fun time while waiting out the worst heat of the day. The kids play until 2 p.m. and we set out for the next stretch of the trail. We were going to skip this section. Ahead is 13 miles without water and over 30 miles without a chance to resupply. But we feel strong and our confidence on this trail is growing. Leaving is hard and the kids have all kinds of feelings about it. The trail winds 
its way into the mountains and is steep, hot, and dry. Joshua is no longer carrying a backpack, and I've strapped it to the back of mine to see if it helps him hike stronger, and sure enough, he does really well. I'm using the extra space to carry a bit of extra food, and we've also added water to our pack weights. David is carrying an extra half gallon, and I'm carrying an extra liter, hoping it's enough to get us to the next water source. We're faced with a new challenge today, cactuses. Stenda somehow manages to get thorns all over his legs and hands and cries with discomfort. We do our best to pick the thorns out and rub his hands in the dirt, which seems to alleviate his pain. He runs the last two miles to a good spot to camp, and we're all running down the trail together laughing. The evening is beautiful, and we hike into the night to avoid as much of the heat as possible. There's absolutely no shade on this part of the trail. You got no room in the tent, so the little baby, nine months from now. But you know, is that a good balance? Three, or who knows? I, I, I would like to be done having children. Yeah, no, um, we feel we yeah. feel really content, and yeah. yeah, and we wanted three also because two felt like, yeah, each parent could take care of one. And so if we had a third, then we would break the the kind of balance structure of that's, trying that's to control everything. And hopefully yeah, it would yeah. let us kind of release our, our need to feel like we need to control our children. And it's definitely helped. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, I, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. 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 Day 12, 13 miles. These kids kicked ass today. We hiked fast and rested long. We started hiking before the sun was up and hiked into the dark. The 13-mile waterless stretch was hard because of the waterway, but it was so worth it to be able to hike this beautiful stretch of trail. Sequoia found a horny toad, and the kids got to see a rattlesnake. We spent several hours at the water cache during the hottest part of the day, and the kids played with other hikers we've seen on the trail the past couple of days. There's a storm coming, and we're planning on resting tomorrow if all goes well. Hiking with three little ones is hard, but it's worth it. The longer we hike, the more I see the benefits of it. Day 13, 5.5 miles. We wake up to fog and clouds. It's cold, and the storm is definitely coming. The kids know we're getting off trail and are motivated to hike fast. Early morning, we get to mile 100 on the Pacific Crest Trail. I can't believe we've gotten here, and I'm so proud of the kids for making it this far with their little legs. I feel constant gratitude to be able to spend this much time with our children in nature. At mile 101, we're greeted with amazing trail magic. Sodas, juice, cookies, chips, and really great positive vibes from other hikers. At the road, we get a ride to a place called Ranchita, where we are lucky to get a little room to wait out the storm and a store with friendly people and good resupply food. It's raining now, and we're really happy to be indoors for the night. Uh, it was awful, honestly, because <laughs> I didn't... I At that point, when I posted the first like announcement, uh, we didn't have like any gear for the kids. We had, I had no idea. I couldn't even conceptualize if we could fit everything in our backpacks I mean I knew that you know we wanted the kids to carry backpacks 
mm-hmm. little, little backpacks and and uh, I would carry Stunda and David would have a big backpack but yeah in my head it was like how is gear for five people gonna fit in you know essentially one and a half backpacks because my backpack can only fit you know a tiny amount day 14 11.3 miles the kids watched a whole movie in the morning and we managed to do 11 miles today the nine miles to warner springs is easy and beautiful we have a late start at 10 so we figure we'll take it easy because there's no way we can make it to the post office to pick up our resupply package before it closes. At Eagle Rock, we realize we have a chance to make it. So I tell David to hike ahead to pick up our box and I hike with all three kids behind him. The trail is wide enough to hold hands with both Sequoia and Joshua the whole way and the miles fly by. David is amazed at how quickly we get there, just minutes behind him. We're all pretty beat by the time we get to Warner Springs, but as usual, the kids are running around outside the gas station playing games. Their recovery time is incredible. After getting food packed and eating, we decide to continue a couple miles past Warner Springs to a nice campsite by a creek where David somehow manages to start a fire with wet wood. A really beautiful ending to a fantastic day. Yeah, but we had gotten the permit and it felt, you know, like, okay, we might as well. Ever since Sequoia was born, you know, I've, I've, I've gone on the internet and, you know, tried to search for people doing things with kids. And it's just so hard to find any, like, quality right. content that, you know, can inspire and, and provide useful information. And so that's basically why I started sharing on Instagram because... I want to do that, you know, and I was like, well, if we're going to be successful with this hike, like I need to share it because the people that have shared have helped me so much. So yeah, didn't want to miss out on that. And I think a lot of people appreciated that because, you know, you share the good, the bad, the ugly. Day 15, 11.2 miles. Today is a tough day. It's a long climb out of Warner Springs, and it's not easy to motivate the kids, especially Stenda is whining and crying more than usual. In the morning, we begin in thick fog and start climbing into the mountains ahead. The trail follows a creek, and we take a break to let the kids play, which is today's highlight. There hasn't been an opportunity for them to play in water thus far, and although the water is cold, they are grateful to splash around for a half hour. A lot of the trail is overgrown with thick, spiky bushes, so the hiking is slow. This stretch of the trail is the longest without resupply for us, so we're carrying a lot of food, and the water stretches aren't so great either. Mine and David's packs are probably at their heaviest right now. The day ends with stand-up pooping his pants. Kind of a shitty day, and we're all in need of a shower as soon as possible. Talk about your sleep setup because I mean, I mean, talk about your sleeping bags, pads, tent, and then your little makeshift of how you're, you know, you're trying to make it work. 
Um, but what's what's your sleep setup like? Sleep setup's not ideal. We have the Z-Pax Duplex, which is meant for two people. And the reason why we have a two-person tent is because we owned it before starting the hike. And, you know, the investment of spending a thousand more dollars just knowing if we were going to be able to actually even hike just decided okay we're gonna sleep you know in the other direction and that way we can all fit we'll cut down the pads um we have like foam pads yeah yeah they're like twelve dollars each super yeah. cheap super nice they just yeah let you uh they've last held up so far yeah, um great. just like how you camped when you were like seven or nine years old <laughs> yeah yeah and we got a quilt from the enlightened equipment um which we absolutely love yeah. the kids have it's great it's great quilt. the ugq ugq bandit quilts yeah they're sleeping quilts that zip up halfway and kind of button yeah which are great yeah our sleep setup is about to change um we're getting the z-pax triplex yeah and we're getting another quilt from enlightened equipment so that we can all cuddle because the kids have been really sad that yeah we went through a blizzard last night on top of above rightwood yeah it was it was pretty gnarly and we woke up and then hiked like miles through the snow and stuff and yeah so this is a really good wake up call like yeah let's do something else with our sleep setup oh yeah it was right at first but yeah (laughs) well it's a good idea to like sleep sideways in it it's it's super wide it's wider yeah yeah that's all perfect yeah yeah yeah. i think up until now it's okay but yeah we'll we're really excited to have a bigger Mm -hmm. bigger tent and another quilt yeah Day 16, 13.2 miles. Everything is wet in the morning and the kids aren't happy and David and I both feel sluggish. There's a thick fog all around us and it's difficult to get moving. It's slow going in the morning, but within an hour, our bodies find their rhythms again and everyone feels better. We get water at a large water tank from a Trail Angels property called Mike's Place. The kids play and explore the property. We have a short two-mile climb, and the views are fantastic. We can see the next mountains and the towns below. It's amazing to see how far we've walked with these kids. The rest of the day is a steady descent, and although the trail is overgrown with spiky bushes, the kids are all in really good spirits. We make it to our next water source just in time to set up camp, have dinner, and get the kids to bed. Day 17. 13 miles. It's hot. We're running low on snacks and very eager to get a proper meal at Paradise Valley Cafe. We spend a couple of hours at a water source that Trail Angel Mary takes care of, which is a nice little spot. We meet lots of new hikers here, as well as old friends. The kids are very excited to hang out with everyone. We want to make it close to this restaurant so we can have breakfast but motivating the kids is difficult in the evening. Suddenly, a German shepherd shows up out of nowhere and starts hiking the last three miles with us. I've never seen the kids hike this fast. The trail provides. Today, it provided us with a dog, and we got the miles done. Also, 
Please enjoy a little Stenda's unknown language. Did the dog go up there? Did it go really fast that way? Yeah, did she hike the trail with us? Was she really fast? Yeah. Day 18, 9.7 miles. The morning is rough, but it's only three miles to the restaurant, and we get there right when they open. The kids get pancakes, French toast, tater tots, eggs, and a milkshake, all of which they've been talking about for the last four days. There is a massive amount of hikers and people, and we spend five hours hanging out with everyone. David hitches a ride to the nearest store and buys all the food we need to get through the next 30 miles. It's so relaxing and wonderful to see so many good people in one spot, and it makes it difficult to get back on the trail again. We're excited to get to Idlewild. It'll be my birthday, and it happens to be one of my favorite little towns along the PCT. It's slow going back into the mountains, but the kids blow us away again, and we're able to hike six miles closer to our next destination. Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm Barbora, and I'm Marquetta's older sister by two years, and we were born in the Czech Republic um, and uh, came to the United States around late 1998-99, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, as far yeah. as my dad can remember. <laughs> <laughs> and you were you were 10, and she was 8? Uh, 9, she, 7, maybe? She was 7, and Barbora was uh, 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons why we get here into the camping and hiking, because, you know, we, we had not a lot of money. And oh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it doesn't cost a lot of money, just some gas yes, to get yes. there. You know, in, in Czech, we were skiing, but here we were once to ski, and I realized, wow, one day of skiing for a family is like oh, yeah. a week uh, road trip with camping and so you just got a little bit of camping gear and off you went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, we bought a lot of camping gear, <laughs> which we don't use. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have like six tents and uh, usually we sleep uh, just, uh, just under the stars. Day 19, 13.5 miles. Being out here on the Pacific Crest Trail with our children is amazing. I'm so glad we took the risk. We didn't know if a three-year-old could walk far enough. We didn't know if we could carry all the stuff. We didn't know if we could keep Stenda happy in a backpack for most of the day. We didn't know if we could handle the emotions, the children's and ours. We didn't know if the children would enjoy walking all day. With basically three toddlers, it's unbelievably hard, but we found it's like anything else in this life. With practice, persistence, and determination, you just make it happen. Sometimes the kids say they want to go home. If toddlers are great at anything, it's letting you know they are unhappy. The first couple of days they cried, confused about why their grandma and grandpa dropped us off on this trail and left. Now we talk through those emotions because we adults have them too. 
there have been so many moments of doubt and feelings of wanting to leave the trail. But then you meet someone or see the trail wind wind its way above a valley of fog or you stumble upon some trail magic and your heart could burst with gratitude that you chose to stay when it was hard. Tomorrow we will get to Idlewild if all goes well, feeling so happy to have purpose, support, and family by my side. When we were young, like the, you know, as, as however young I can remember, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll be honest, I hated it. <laughs> we both hated it. <laughs> we hated the road trips. You know, I can't remember as much. Um, you know, my parents, they took us uh, out and about in tech as well. We did lots of outdoor things. That's a little harder for me to remember because we were pretty young. When we were in the United States and going on all the road trips, you know, we, we have a, yeah, there's a funny story. We used to count with Marquetta like the days until it was over, you know, and <laughs> every day we were closer to getting home to our beds. And <laughs> Day 20, 11.5 miles. We're close to Idlewild, but it's not easy getting there. There are huge trees across the trail and it's slow going. Just as we think we're past the hard part, the trail becomes covered in snow and we are post hauling for about two miles. Joshua slips and slides, so David ends up carrying him most of the way on his shoulders and Sequoia gets one of the trekking poles to help her balance. She hikes beautifully through the snow with a very contagious positive attitude that it becomes a fun time for all of us. Snow and sandals, no regrets were nice and numb by the end. There are so many good people hiking all around us that we've grown close to. The people here are so kind and such a huge part of our experience, especially the kids who love interacting with everyone. We get a hold of a wonderful trail angel in Idlewild who picks us up in the parking lot of Devil Slide Trail and brings us to her house. We get to shower, do laundry, eat a home-cooked meal, and the kids get to finally watch another movie, aka David and I get to relax. We get loner clothes so we can wash everything properly. Stenda is definitely rocking in his outfit. What were your parents like to camp with? Did they give you chores of like, you know, you got to make dinner for us and set up the tent? And I remember bringing wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah. was always a big one. That's, that's like, that's what stands in my head. Maybe that was our only chore. I don't know. And yeah. maybe getting water, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kids on a hike, you just don't know what they're like because they don't understand how far you have to walk and what's it going to be like and yeah. you could be having a good day or a bad day or your sister's bugging you or well my my dad used to you know when we would go on hikes um he would uh he would i would say he would lie about how far how much oh. further we had to go <laughs> because you know it was usually me and and my mom who would uh I think complain about like are we there yet how much further and I think my dad oh, just a little bit we gotta this is not a good place to stop you know we gotta hike you know, somewhere else where it's a nice view and it just kept going and going yeah and I think that was his strategy to just get us there and you know be quiet and go I always say if you go for a walk in the, in the mountains you don't want to get lost or killed right so mm-hmm. as long as you come home that's what matters you don't want to be on a missing a missing persons podcast. Day 21. We spend the morning with Janine, a trail angel in Idlewild, who opened her home to us, and Kat, another hiker we've gotten to know who is also staying at the house. 
The kids have a backyard full of toys, keeping them happy and entertained. And we get to borrow a car to help us resupply. We're blown away by people's generosity. We need to get some new clothes for the kids and spend a long time looking for something at the local thrift stores. It's incredibly challenging to find a new pair of shorts for Sequoia, who has been hiking with a hole on her butt for a couple of days now. We succeed, and Sequoia is very happy with them. Then we eat some delicious food, see so many great hikers, and finally resupply for the next 30-mile stretch of trail. Town stops are incredibly stressful with three little ones, and although we were planning a zero day in Idlewild, we decide to hike the 2.6 hike mile back to the PCT. The kids are not happy with our decision, but after a mile or so, the emotions subside. Sequoia claims her new shorts are making her hike faster. At our camp spot, they play and eat, happy as can be, and I'm incredibly happy to be spending my birthday sleeping in these mountains. What was it like when the, I mean, obviously Sequoia was first, right? And then then there was little Joshua. Joshua. Which he's doing excellent. Like he's adapting mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. Arcata was talking about how he he's really liking the, the being on trail. And he looks up to his big sister too, right? Yeah, so I... I I was uh, I was worried about uh, about Joshua because he's uh, probably that's not visible from from pictures, but he's so small. He's short, yeah. He, yeah, he's short, and he he has all, all the time practically he's running. He's running yeah. PCT. <laughs> oh yeah, his hair's really heavy. He's got a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have long hair like david oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you got the little little one donda yeah. yeah yeah he's a little chatterbox too <laughs> yeah with his own language <laughs> his own language yeah in that video day 22 11.2 miles today is the hardest day on the trail for us it's a good day but hard There's a lot of snow, and some parts turn out to be a little sketchy with the kids. We're in good spirits, though, and feel up to the challenge. It's the last two miles to camp that really get us. It takes us over an hour, and we're hiking late. Joshua is tired, and the snow is especially soft and slippery. We all feel cold. It feels like we can't possibly get through this section before sunset. Are you okay? Oh, yes. I'm just making sure, huh? I'm just making sure you're okay. It's always good to remind yourself to, to, to like, forgive yourself and just, like, say, are you okay? The, the other person is okay. David talks Sequoia through the motions of traversing snow safely, and she does really well with a trekking pole. Joshua is done, and I feel a sort of parental superpower kick in and decide to carry him to camp. With 60 pounds on my back and holding 30-pound Joshua, 
I start thinking how ridiculous this is. If someone told me to carry 30 pounds of rock in my hands in this situation, I'd be sure to collapse. But knowing I'm helping Joshua and all of us by carrying him, I feel capable and strong. My feet slip underneath me, but somehow I manage to keep going. It's amazing what a parent is capable of when their children are of need. After a couple of falls and a sprained ankle later, we make it to camp. That being said, hardest two miles of my life. Um, one more. I mean, this is just like more of a gear gear thing, but people ask you about it or even if they don't ask you about it, they look down. But I know like you've been rocking sandals since you were a little kid, right? And I remember the 90s. I remember Tevas. Tell us a little bit about the sandals, because I mean, obviously you posted a picture of David's feet, because I think that's David's feet. I know they I don't think they were your feet, right? With the moth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know a lot of hikers must comment on of like what's it like to hike in the sandals and stuff but what 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 has that been like um, do people comment on on them yeah they ask us how'd you get through the snow on san Jacinto? yeah <laughs> you walk fast yeah you walk fast and your feet burn and then they freeze over and then you just can't feel them anymore and then you just keep going yeah it's it's not that bad actually it's our feet our bodies are really strong and they can take a lot more than I think that we're led to believe about ourselves. Day 23, 15.2 miles. Absolutely brutal. Morning wind is so strong, it's knocking the kids down. Intense heat, no shade anywhere, no water anywhere, rattlesnakes, all day downhill on a rocky trail, bushes scraping our legs, We get to the 200 miles on trail. These kids have hiked over 200 miles. I'm amazed at them. But we made it down Fuller Ridge off the mountain to a water spigot. So glad we're here now. Thank you, San Jacinto, and goodbye for now. We get to camp, and Sequoia hasn't been feeling too good. She's been crying and wants to sleep, which is unusual. She has a rash on her legs. What is it? We're hiking four miles tomorrow, to Interstate 10 and going to Palm Springs to recoup. We all need a break. We've been hiking nonstop for over three weeks and maybe it's time for a zero mile day. Uh, Talk about, I mean, now we're jumping up the trail. I think we're at around 151. Um, But talk about leaving Paradise Cafe. I mean, that's when you you go you go up 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 in the elevation there's blowdowns i mean kids probably love blowdowns but you know but there's post holing you had and i i personally was stoked from paradise valley going up because it looked very the cedar trees were more like bushes and small and there's sandstone and these little creeks and yeah. seemed very like jurassic parky kind of feeling. the trail changes a lot and yeah i feel like cool you will change you're hiking in the desert mm-hmm. and then and then you 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 leave paradise valley cafe and the, the trail takes on a it it kind of reminded me of the a little bit of the sierras i don't know I was it's just, just gonna it's, say that it has a little bit of the sierra feel to it even when you, i see it in youtube vlogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's beautiful up there yeah. I was a little intimidated because a bunch of hikers were skipping the section and going straight to Idlewild. And, you know, they had ice axes, crampons. You know, we, 
we're in sandals with three kids. We don't have anything. And yeah, so I was like, what, you know, are we are we being safe? Like, is this a good idea? You know, a hiker uh, on one of the sections died, I think. Well, yeah, I actually um, a couple episodes before <laughs> I, I, I talked to Doug Layer, like Trevor's dad. And and obviously with a lot of work that he's done of like trying to tell people of like, Hey, there's, it's the desert's just not all like watching the road runner when you're a kid and stuff. And yeah, you know, and, and it can be like, you can get into like snow and cold and stuff. But I mean, the good thing is a lot of people do have micro spikes and ice axes and they might've not thought about it or they think that I'll get that stuff at the Sierra, you know, in the Sierras with the ice axe. And there's more programs now that if people wanted to, uh, get their get their ice axe or get their spikes mailed to paradise cafe they can do it and and that yeah. kind of stuff and you're just you're seeing more more people do it i guess mm-hmm. um but... for 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 us it was uh i felt at ease going into that section because i knew that there's a trail that you can take mm-hmm. and you know bypass the the whole section so in my head it was like okay if we get to this spot with the snow and it's you know it doesn't feel right we can we can take the trail down and and um skip skip the mountain yeah it wasn't like it was you know in 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 some other years and stuff or like the time you went it wasn't it wasn't like it was like no like, no and and it and it turned out to be completely i i felt you know i'm david's david's more lenient i'm i'm pretty strict i i don't like putting myself into dangerous positions when the kids are around and uh i have to say that i felt safe the yeah the yeah you know, and i'm sorry to ramble on and like you know like doug even said is like look you know, there's a lot of people who they're doing the PCT, they're getting in the mountains. This is like their first time. Sometimes it's their first time in snow. I mean, you you guys have been in the mountains before. It's not like this is your first trip in the mountains, right? Exactly. So, you yeah. know, all Doug wants to do is, you know, he wants to spread the word that people should just do what you feel comfortable doing. Don't feel pressured that you have to do it if you feel that it's too much it's okay to go around. Don't, don't feel bad that you missed a little stretch because if you feel if that individual person feels that they feel that they have to go around, go around. I mean, there's, you know, everyone has different comfort levels, different experience and all of that. So nobody can say, nobody can say shit about anything, whether you did it or didn't do it, or that person did it or Mm -hmm. didn't do it. It's up to that person to make that decision based on, them making their own decision and not being pressured to, to to do it when they don't feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. I, that, that, that brings up the quote in my head, hike your own hike. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You do, you do you. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. But just in general, was that, was that a challenging section just with the blowdowns and I'm sure the, I think I There's think the, quite a bit of trees. I think down. the blowdowns were were the most challenging yeah, part. Even more than the snow, um, I feel like there's a lot of climbing over logs. And when you're little, it's easier you go under them. But when you're older, yeah, it's, it's yeah hard, there was a couple. Decision. Yeah, there was a couple trees that literally I was on my 
you know, on my knees with. Oh yeah, I went on hands and knees a couple times. Yeah, no, it's just ridiculous <laughs> trying to squeeze. Like I don't want to go backlash. around. You're yeah. already dirty enough. Like, come yeah. on now. Yeah. yeah. The kids thought it was hilarious, so that was that was a plus. Well, you mentioned like it's an obstacle course, and I could see that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they were saying. Day 24. Four miles. Sequoia wakes up in good spirits and is back to her normal self. Her rash looks like it's going away. Either way, we need to resupply and want to keep our promise to the kids of getting a hotel. We get picked up by a couple who reached out to us and they drive us into Palm Springs. We feel completely spoiled and super grateful. We get dropped off in a perfect spot Hotel, restaurants, grocery store, and a playground are all within walking distance. We wait six long hours in the heat before we can check in at the hotel. All I remember from these six hours is David saying, I'd rather be hiking. And that sums it up. Taking a shower is glorious. Eating real food, satisfying, and letting the kids watch a movie, restful. Ready to get going again tomorrow. I very vividly remember um, about my hike in 2012, um, my PCT hike, that I felt exactly the same, even though I wasn't hiking with kids. Town stops were the most stressful parts of the whole hike. I I hated going into town. You know, there's you you got so many responsibilities responsibilities to do. You know, me and David are more on edge because, you know, we have to figure out how much food to buy, pack it, you know, and we're dealing with three kids. So it's it's magnified. And I think that doesn't help the kids either that, you know, mom and dad are stressed. And so yeah. town stops are are absolute chaos. And- well, <laughs> you, and sometimes, you know, like David, you know, you'll be on trail and you'll be resting, you know, hanging out, resting. David will try to, you know, yeah. get, get to the road, get a hitch, go get food, come back. I mean, that's helped. I mean, you mentioned in a post yeah. where you were, I guess, that was pretty. Cool. I think waiting to get into a hotel, you had to wait for check-in and you were just wishing that, you know, you both were wishing that you were back on trail. Yeah, that was in Palm Springs. We were at the park. Rather it was be hiking. Absolutely. It was disgustingly hot uh, <laughs> so hot oh my gosh yeah the it was kids... almost 100 degrees that day it was crazy yeah for some reason the kids kept going out of the shade into the sun we were worried that they were gonna get super sunburned um and there's no ice cream truck yeah no. <laughs> and... yeah i kept running yeah. back to different restaurants to get food yeah <laughs> it was uh yeah it was it was pretty funny but, you know, you being a parent, I'm sure you understand like what you were saying is, yeah, the transitions from one activity to another is definitely the hardest part, not only from towns back into hiking, but even from breaks back into hiking is mm-hmm. that transition from play to hiking because they haven't they yeah. haven't really put seen your, hiking yeah, as put play. Put your shoes on, like put your yeah. back on. It's like, you know, I'm. You know, I'm I'm 51 years old, so I'm in Canada. I'm going to be hiking with my daughter. I mean, you don't know nothing about me, you know, but I'm going to oh. be hiking in 2024. And so, 
you know, nice. sometimes, you know, when you sit, if you have an hour rest for lunch, it's hard to put the shoes back on. It's hard to, yeah. but yeah. once you start walking a little bit, you know, you feel better. You, it's always sore. You know, you mm-hmm. get up in the morning, you're obviously that first mile, you're sore. It, yep. and, you, and your body warms up a bit and it, it, it helps. You know, it's, it's kind of when you stop sometimes, but when you try to start up again, it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Day 24, 9.1 miles. The kids watch TV in the morning. The first time in their lives we're letting them start the day off with TV. Big mistake. Sequoia has a lot of emotions about getting back on trail. TV does that to her. She's incredibly emotional with screen time, which is why we avoid it in our house as much as possible. We get a ride from the wonderful people back again. They pick us up, drive us to the trail, and stop on the way for us to buy one last meal. Absolutely amazing and a huge help. There's some really generous people out there, and it makes the world seem less dark. I'm so happy our kids are experiencing selfless acts from complete strangers. We begin hiking at 10 a.m. and do four miles without stopping to the Mesa Wind Farm, where there is a little shelter to provide shade. The only shade for miles. We spend the next three hours here to stay out of the awful heat. We begin hiking and I almost step on a rattlesnake. To avoid him, I cut a switchback and now have hands and feet covered in little cactus spikes. The hiking otherwise is really nice and the kids are in really good spirits. In camp, I play the kids a couple of songs and they have a cute dance party. Talk about your kids of how they've even just changed on the trail. Like obviously there's the beginning and to where they are now, but how how have they adapted to their new life on trail? Like, I'm sure that you've seen it. I know you've seen it, but talk a little bit about that. Trail life is so much about routine and, you know, kids thrive on routine. And I think that it took a while to get there, but it's like a pretty consistent and predictable routine when we're on trail. I mean, we wake up, we hike, we have breakfast, we hike, we have lunch, we hike, (laughs) we have a break, we hike, we find camp. (laughs) and we go to sleep like yeah and I think I think it you know at home I could sense it that you know somewhat of a routine is great and now on trail I can see it you know even even better that they're just more willing to go along with it now that they know you know like okay we hike and then we take a break the break is coming we're not hiking forever Whereas right. <clears throat> in the beginning, maybe, you know, even the two miles that we were able to do at a time, maybe, you know, they felt really long and, you know, they they weren't sure, like, well, when are we going to stop? Are we going to stop? Are we doing this the whole day? Like, even if you tell them, like, oh, we're going to go, you know, however long, like, they still, you know, they they were more likely to whine about it, cry about it, you know, complain now you know we say yeah there's a break coming and even if it's in two miles they're push push through it day 25 12.7 miles we are sleeping a couple miles from a wind farm and the wind in the night is no joke i'm very surprised our tent didn't get destroyed 
and David and I spent the night fixing the tent so it didn't collapse. Stenda is woken up by our efforts and thinks it's hilarious. In the morning, we get to the first actual river along the PCT and have breakfast here while the kids play in the water. Six miles later, the PCT descends into a canyon where it follows Mission Creek, and the kids are more than happy to spend every break splashing in the water. It's a huge morale boost to be by water. Of course, nothing seems to be easy here, and the trail is often difficult to follow, and we're slowed down again. Nevertheless, it's one of the funnest days of hiking we've had. Our routine out here is to wake up, and while the kids are having a couple snacks, pack up. We usually start hiking by 7.30, hike a couple miles, and stop for breakfast. We cold soak plain oatmeal with some seeds, dried fruit in the morning, and by the time we take our first break, it's ready. The kids all love it. We carry honey and put that in as well. We hike another couple miles. In the first weeks, we could only do two miles without stopping, and now we walk up to four depending on where it's nice to stop. Around noon is usually our longest break, especially if it's hot, and we try to plan to be somewhere special for it. In the afternoon, the kids are more whiny, so our progress is much slower. However, they do seem to have a burst of energy in the evening, so we've been hiking till 7 p.m. The times we've stopped earlier, the kids are absolutely ridiculous, very loud and running around. So we figure we should use that energy for forward progress. Once you hit a little bit of the cooler weather, you started hammering out, you know, your first 10 mile day. I think that was day five, you know, and on that day, you walk six miles by noon. You stop for a long break, you know, meeting hikers as they passed you. What's it like meeting so many people on trail that want to stop and chat and say hi and high five? You know, how how has, I guess, the class of 2022 how have they embraced you i think Gosh. for the most part yeah wonderfully I, yeah i think I've, at least for me the first like 10 15 days my head was buzzing and i couldn't concentrate and it was really hard for me to remember people's names and focus on what they were saying for some reason it was i don't know maybe it was just the beginning of the whole experience it was really hard Sure. Um, but everybody seemed to be giving off really positive energy and supportive energy yeah. and still do. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's nice yeah. when you sort of see the same people, you like you bump into the same people and they're like, you know, it's like they get excited because they're seeing you again for the second time or the third time. Yeah. 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 We had lunch with, uh, with, uh, cat. Yeah. We've been hiking with her for a couple weeks and first met her actually our second day. Yeah. And Joshua ran up to her and was like, you look like a monster. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and she's so cool. She's become such a good friend. Um, yeah. yeah. We had lunch today. It was great. Oh, it's sweet. Yeah. Day 26, 12.3 miles. We continue climbing up in the morning and don't stop for the rest of the day. It's a, brutal and oftentimes steep hike to get over these mountains. The morning is sunny and warm, and when we take lunch, the weather starts changing. The wind picks up, and soon a thick fog rolls in, and by 5 p.m., we're all wearing most of our clothes. 
The fog is so thick, there's water drops coming down, and it might as well be raining. The wind gusts are so strong, they knock the kids down. We decide we need to hike late today to avoid sitting in camp being cold, and I'm so glad we decide this. We hike until 7.30, set up camp, eat dinner, and by the time it's time to lay down, all three kids fall asleep within minutes, cozy in their quilts, while the wind rages outside and temperature drops below freezing. Today was a hard day, but it was also valuable. This isn't life or death because we've prepared for situations like this, and David and I know what we're doing. But I like looking at hard situations like this as great opportunities to learn invaluable skills and toughen the body and mind. I'm so grateful to get to experience this alongside our children. We were having a break on somewhere on San Jacinto and, and we were struggling. The kids were all, I, I think all of them were crying and a hiker that I think we were meeting for the first time, you know, he, he, he wasn't judgmental. He said something like, oh, what a great place, you know, to have a bad mood or something like that. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, he gets it, you know, like this you know it happens like kids are super vocal when they're not happy and and that's yeah that's a weird thing about being a as a parent too is uh, i think a little bit of self-conscious comes in and you're always afraid that people at least for me i have that little bit of fear like people will think that we're shitty parents because our kids are having a meltdown um, but everybody's been so cool and embraced our children and embraced, yeah, just whatever they come across. Yeah. At the, at the beginning, at the beginning, I was, uh, I was trying to fix, you know, anytime Sunda was crying in the backpack, I would, you know, just make, just expend huge amounts of energy to try to, you know, console him, offering yeah. him snacks and, you know, giving him my hand and, yeah, I just I, I understand now that, you know, there's a certain way that he cries and certain things that he does in the backpack that, you know, uh, tell me, oh, he's trying to fall asleep and he's having a hard time. And if I let him, he falls asleep. And, you know, it's it's That's okay. True. There's, yeah, there is different cries. Yeah, there's probably yeah. there could be six different cries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Two, so. Day 27, 11.6 miles. It's freezing in the morning. Nobody is too happy to start hiking, but after some cuddles in the sun, we decide it'll be best to warm up by walking. It helps, but Stenda in the backpack is crying for most of the three miles we do. We put socks over his hands to keep them from getting too cold, and I think his dissatisfaction is mainly because of this. On our first break, we cook the kids warm oatmeal and sit in the sun as the day gets a bit warmer and the chilly wind subsides. We're almost out of food, which we planned for. The trail goes next to a road that leads to Big Bear and we stop here to resupply. I stay with the kids in the woods and David hikes out, hitches a ride and resupplies for two more days to Highway 18 where we all plan to go to Big Bear to enjoy a proper rest and plan for the next section. It takes David three hours to resupply and we get to rest. Joshua takes his nap of the trip, which is great, but also unusual. And I'm a little worried something's up with him. 
I think the cold weather isn't doing him much good because he has an asthma attack, which is always scary for me no matter how many he's had. Luckily, tomorrow we will get to Big Bear to a hotel where we will see Grandma and Grandpa. The kids and us are so excited to see them after a month of hiking. I can't believe we've been out here for so long. This time we're actually going to take a full-on zero day so we can rest and enjoy the grandparents. Barely took any photos today. And you know, everyone's different, right? Everyone's different. I, I don't, you know, I don't know you, right? So if you two were hiking alone, I, this just popped in my head, but if you guys were hiking alone, some people love to hike alone. You know, they, sure, they'll say hi, they nod, they wave, have a good hike, good morning, you know. Some people are chatterbugs, you know, they, they want to they wanna talk to everybody. Are you, what kind of person are you? I'm just kind of curious. Like if you two were hiking with no kids, would you stop? And talk to a lot of people. Are you social butterflies, or do you like to, you know, you acknowledge people and you say I'm hi? And, and there's the odd time that you stop and chit chat. But are you social butterflies? Or are you, you know, you're uh, together as a couple and off you go? David's a social butterfly. Yeah, I'm pretty extrovert, and um, yeah, I love to talk and play and laugh and stuff. And and Marquetta's a little bit more reserved and. Uh, she makes secret faces cerebral. at you when you're talking too much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But you know, like I have, I have both sides. Um, yeah. So I can become really introvert too, to where it's just like I just don't want to. I just don't want to talk sure. to anybody. Also. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I, I don't know if you asked this, but if I was going fast, I would, I would love to talk people. Or if I was going alone, but. I'm definitely the type of person that would want to push very, very hard, very, very fast. Mm-hmm. And, and since so, you're in the slow lane, are you appreciating, you know, you're chit-chatting with a lot of people, obviously. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I, again, it's almost like a gift the children are giving me and my wife. Yeah. They're like, you know, when the world speeds up, it's better to slow down. And that's exactly what we're doing. And yeah, it's amazing. It is. It's kind of cool. I mean, you're learning about a lot of other people too. And you're kind of, you are hearing like their whys of why they're on the trail or where they're from. Yeah. Their stories have been super cool. (laughs) All the different people from all over the world. It was so many different paths. Oh, it's been, yeah, it's been great. I think the only challenge of this pace is that most everyone is, is going faster than us. So we yeah. don't have some kind of trail family that we're constantly seeing. Like usually it's that we catch up to someone because they had two zero days or they and, had an injury, you know, yeah. or they had an injury or yeah, we met a lady the other day that we hadn't seen for Since for Hot one Laguna. month. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, went off trail to, to go work and, and, suddenly you know we're yeah, caught up to she her. was and it's like oh <laughs> hey <clears throat> yeah. so yeah day 28 11.1 miles we wake up in the morning excited to see the grandparents we hike through the cold excited to meet up with them we talk about our excitement to see them on our breaks the miles just fly by today and we're done hiking at 1.30, ready to go to Big Bear to enjoy food, shower, and proper rest. 
So happy I was able to capture the pure joy of these kids seeing Grandpa hiking to meet us on the trail. and the excitement of seeing their grandma at the awesome little cabin we're staying at in Big Bear. Grandma and Grandpa have been there every step of the way, and if we didn't have their support, love, and enthusiasm for our adventure, I really don't know if we could have made it anywhere on the Pacific Crest Trail. Thank you, Grandma and Grandpa, and all the other wonderful humans behind the stories and photos who support hikers in so many ways. This is truly a humbling community of people. The, describe the feeling after the first 40 miles, like after Mount Laguna, you know, you, you, you mentioned on the, in your, in your comments that you sort of felt, you know what, I kind of belong on this trail with your kids. You know, you felt more welcoming, you felt more confident, mm-hmm. you know, you had a better plan about how you're dealing. You're still early on in the trail, but you know, um, you know, sometimes people comment in the class surveys, you know, on that um, halfway anywhere, those little surveys, they wish they hiked slower. You know, they wish they talked to more people. They wish they took more pictures of the people that they met along the way. You mentioned when you hiked in, in 2012, you know, you were hauling ass, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. at that time. And now that your kids are hiking in the slow lane, you can see more like you're seeing things that I don't remember this. You know, you're taking it in slower. It's like, it's like you are like slow cooking, letting all the flavors soak in, you know, instead of sort of microwaving something for a minute, just to eat it in a rush, you know, what's it like kind of soaking it up, going slower? You're still having lots of challenges to deal with daily, but most importantly, getting through it, you know, you get to the next day. How, how is it compared this hike compared to 2012 of just you know, like hauling ass, like I said, you know, you're just busting out the big miles and going. Um, I, I honestly, I love, I love both experiences. Um, and like, I, I think I remember writing, uh, I hope I get to hike hauling ass again. Um, (laughs) but I, I sincerely appreciate what we're doing Mm -hmm. and the pace that we're doing it at. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a whole different trip. It's yeah, it's so much different. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a learning curve. I don't know if I could do it by myself. Like, if the kids, if we didn't have kids, and I don't know if I could persuade myself to go this slow. I'm, right. Uh, that's, yeah. You know, that's, you you yeah. the the exchange there is is that you know you have to carry more water, you have to carry more food. And you have to get off trail more frequently, which 
yeah, all of those things make the hiking harder. So yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful to have these three kids, you know, forcing us to slow down and yeah. yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> David and I are both, I mean, when we met, you know, we were, we loved going far and fast. And so this is, this is all really new to us. Yeah. And, and there's a great quote always pops in my head and it says, if you want to go far, I mean, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that hmm. just keeps popping into my head. And it's, yeah, it's. Wow. That's a, yeah. That's, and that's, that covers everything, right? It covers yeah, relationships. There it is. It yeah. Covers... <laughs> yeah. Both are great. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I, I was more worried uh, this, this year with, uh, with kids. <laughs> I, I honestly, I didn't approve this trip. <laughs> uh, fortunately, Marketa uh, don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna do it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And yep. you must be obviously proud just to see them where they are now, and they're even though they might, who knows what they'll do with the Sierras? Uh, you know, are the kids kids gonna come visit you for the Sierras, or you know, who knows what will happen? But it's it's fun to watch. For for me, that that was like nice when when we met uh, Marketa in Big Bear City yeah and, and and the kids the kids were totally fine happy smiling so why not <laughs> kind of biggest respect for uh, Marketa and David is how they can handle like logistic like resupplying mm-hmm. because you know when when you are hiking uh, you are just <laughs> you are just moving but the part of uh, like think about where where will be next the water and uh, how to resupply uh, that, that's I, I think that's hard part day 29 zero miles finally a zero and wow did we enjoy it Spent the day soaking in time with grandparents and Big Bear, organizing our gear, relaxing, and resupplying. Thought I'd talk a little about why we're here, hiking the Pacific Crest Trail with three little ones. The best answer is probably, why not? We wanted to have an epic adventure this year as a family and thought about hiking shorter hikes, but quickly realized... Well, if the kids can hike 100 miles, they can probably hike more. Maybe even 2,000? I really can't believe we're here in Big Bear. 260 miles into our journey. Almost a month of living out of our backpacks. And best of all, happy about it. How much further will we walk? Not sure. We are averaging around 10 miles a day, which is not enough to make it all the way to Canada before winter. But touching that monument at the end no matter how enticing that sounds, is not what our journey is about. Being together as a family is our priority. Challenging ourselves is important to us. Spending time in nature is our goal. And meeting awesome hikers and friendly humans along the way is a fantastic bonus. As always, thank you for the overwhelming support. They, I think they were super confused. You know, Joshua asked me multiple times, like, why did, you know, grandma and grandpa, like, drop us off on this trip? Where yeah. do you guys live? Around? We live we live at my parents uh, at grandma and grandpa's house in uh, Carmel. Yeah. 
we yeah. all live together and so the kids have oh yeah known they're grand- so used yeah exactly yeah. they're Since like they were born. yeah they're like second yeah. parents they're yeah. they're so such a huge part of their life and mm-hmm. yeah so they they miss them a lot when we're out here and day 30 11.6 miles not easy saying goodbye to the grandparents. The kids have all kinds of feelings when we start hiking, especially Stenda, who cries in the backpack for almost two miles. It's hard seeing him this upset, and my mind is cluttered with doubt and sadness. The rest of us did good, though. Feet feel like new, and legs feel strong. Children are filled with beautiful memories from Big Bear, and even Joshua talks the whole day today. Our bodies are refueled by delicious town food, and underneath the sadness of watching the grandparents drive away, we feel excellent. Despite a late start, we manage good miles, and the trail is very mellow, which helps. No big climbs or descents, so hiking feels effortless. This stretch of the PCT is exciting. In 30 miles, we'll pass by hot springs, go right past a McDonald's, and end up in Wrightwood where David grew up, and it happens to be my favorite trail town along the PCT. These three things are helping us motivate the kids in the coming days. Day 31, 14.8 miles. The trail is easy compared to other days, and we plan to push the kids a little bit more today. Unfortunately, our day begins by taking a wrong turn, and we hike an extra mile down the wrong trail, which completely throws us off. We feel pretty good though and make up the miles as we slowly descend. To hike the Pacific Crest Trail, most people spend months preparing. We didn't. It's hard to plan anything with three little kids, let alone a half a year of walking. People send resupply boxes, test out gear, get in shape. We did little of anything and our decision to hike this trail was more or less spontaneous. I'm not great at planning, and David prefers not planning at all. We do have a lot of experience outdoors, though, and my through-hike of the PCT in 2012 was preparation enough. Some of our gear is great, and some stuff we're still trying to figure out, but I'd say we've got the essentials right, except for our two-person tent, which we obviously don't fit into. (laughs) Taking this hike a day at a time, section by section, has been most rewarding, and I love David for introducing me to a different way of adventuring without all the logistics that completely overwhelm me. It's hard to put into words how we make this adventure happen. A lot of the times it's messy, unorganized, and hard, but it's also full of surprises, laughter, and good times. The day ends at Holcomb Creek, and we're pretty happy to be by water again. Also, due to bad service, some photos haven't been posting. Oh, well. Oh, it's crazy. Talk yeah. a little bit about, like, trail <clears throat> magic. I mean, obviously, you stumble you stumble across people doing trail magic. Sometimes, you know, there's generous hikers that are, you know, they're, they're helping you. They're trying to, you know, give you a break, entertain your kids at points when, you know, you're resting. With so many people obviously following you on Instagram, you're bound to have some comments, some some private messages of people, you know, they come stay with us, I'll pick you up, you know, because to them, it's, they want to soak it in a little bit. It's nice to meet other people in that, but what's, what's the trail magic been like in the generosity of people 
um, on trail that that you guys have witnessed, even just for you individually. Oh my gosh, unreal! Yeah, incredible. I I can't. It's I can't like even yeah, it's it. like feeling a great <laughs> spark for humanity. Um, and yeah. we're so oh my so stoked that our kids are witnessing this. Like, yeah, they get to see it. Straight, complete strangers, you know, reaching out and yeah, like helping this morning us. we walk into Wrightwood and this guy does a U turn and pulls up to us and is like let me buy you breakfast and never met him before. And he's like, please let me buy. Yeah. And then he's thanking us for taking, yeah. For letting him. You know? Yeah. And letting, and taking our children out into the wilderness. He's like thanking us for it. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, the people are so, yeah. yeah it's... <clears throat> so awesome. So beautiful. Day 32, 15.4 miles. Repost. Forgot I couldn't put any photos of children's butts. <laughs> We've hiked 300 miles across the PCT now. I'll always be grateful we took the chance to see how far we can go. It's been a journey for sure. So many ups and downs have led us here. Just like the trail goes up and down, so have we, literally and mentally. Today, the trail took us down all the way to the hot springs. We got here in time to soak and the kids are stoked. We've been talking about these hot springs since before we started. A couple months before we started the trail, we took a trip and hiked to Deep Creek Hot Springs and told the kids about the PCT, how time passes through here, and it was one of the first times we've seriously thought about doing the trail. And now we're here. It's surreal to these kids have walked all this way and we are so proud of their little legs. A hiker we met today was saying how amazed he is that our children can do this and that most children he knows complain about car rides. I laughed because our kids are the same. We don't have special kids with hiking abilities. We've had to work really hard to get here and back home. A one mile walk to the store would usually result in them saying it's too far. Being out here, walking every day, I think they are understanding that we walk every day and that the trail takes us to new places every day. They love the friends they've made along the way and the adventures we met. But when we're hiking, if it's too hot or cold, the trail isn't easy, or they aren't in good spirits, they won't say they like hiking. But then again, I have a hard time justifying those moments too. And that's what it's about, learning to work through the hard moments. It'd be kind of cool that you guys could always do trail magic and, and set up a little camp somewhere and try to stay put for for a weekend and stuff. And exactly we need to we meet do. all these hikers and they, yeah. you know, like the people that are hiking next year, they're following everybody on YouTube. They're following everybody on Instagram. So they kind of know you too. Like they, they might mm -hmm. recognize you a little bit. Yeah. Ever since Scissors Crossing, we've been talking about that. It's like, what if next year we just go around and do the same thing? Yeah, and show the <laughs> show the kids the the other side of Yeah. Of doing yeah, of doing And bring trauma. your parents in the truck. They can sleep in the back of the truck. Happy, <laughs> yeah. Happy yeah. We're hope hoping Deda or grandpa might um wanna might wanna hike the PCT next year. Yeah, so, my dad uh, is uh crazy inspired he's following <laughs> us i mean he's studying maps 
He probably knows the PCT better than some of the people hiking it this year. <laughs> he's so, I mean, he's going mile by mile and yeah, he, he really wants to do it next year and yeah, that would be awesome. And we could help him out, yeah, I mean, help other hikers. So yeah. Day 33, 10.1 miles. We wake up and go to the hot springs, as do some of the other hikers, and it's such a good time. Good people, hot springs, and the first time in the morning we're not freezing cold. None of us want to go, and the kids, especially Sequoia, want to leave. We start hiking at 9, which is our latest start while on trail. It's an easy 6 miles to a road where we have to get a ride to resupply. Before we get off trail, we can't resist stopping at the creek one more time to play in the water and relax. It's really hot. We get a ride to a bar where there's not much for the kids except hot dogs and apple juice. David leaves me and the kids there to get a ride to the store to resupply. It's kind of stressful being here, but other hikers make it fun and I can't complain about spending the hottest part of the day in an air-conditioned building. We manage to resupply, get pizza, and somewhat rest, and within a couple hours are back to the trail. Motivation to hike is super low for all of us. My foot has a deep crack and it feels like stepping on a knife. Joshua is in a terrible mood and dragging his feet, so I decide to call family since we have service. We hike and talk to Grandpa, and Joshua's mood gets better and better, as does mine. The evening is nice and cool, and we make it another four miles to a water source. It makes me realize that a lot of the times, the trail is hard because of our mood. Sometimes a story, a piece of candy, or a phone call home gets the kids moving. Ten miles, not bad at all for a resupply day and full day of rest. Day 34, 15.9 miles. The trail is beautiful with flowers and the miles come easy. Even Sequoia and Joshua seem in good spirits to hike. There are a couple of things that absolutely melt my heart out here on trail. And one of them is when Sequoia puts on her little backpack and she and Joshua take off down the trail while Dad and I are still packing up. This doesn't happen often, but when it does, I feel so happy for them. We take lunch at Silverwood Lake. It's windy and chilly, but Sequoia is naked before I can set my backpack down, running down the sand pretending to be the Little Mermaid. The boys follow along with total joy. David and I sit together and watch silently from a distance while eating. The hiking along the lake is beautiful, but the wind gusts are intense and the afternoon doesn't make for great hiking. We have a little bit of a climb ahead of us, so in the evening, we begin and unintentionally go another four miles because we can't find a flat spot to camp. By the end, Sequoia is running ahead, pleading with the mountains to make a little space for us to set up our tent. Finally, we find a spot. Everything seems wonderful, and then I see Stenda needing to poop, so David takes off his diaper and he poops. <laughs> he continues walking around pooping for 15 minutes. By the time he's done, he's got poop on his shoes, shirt, jacket, legs. So much for a peaceful evening.
Day 35, 14.2 miles. All of us are in really good spirits in the morning. Might be because we're just eight miles from Cajun Pass, where there is food to buy. The miles go by so quickly, the trail is beautiful and easygoing, and it's a really great time. We get to Cajun Pass in time for lunch and take hours resting, eating, and recharging ourselves and our devices. The kids play, crawling around, pretending to be animals, and climbing trees. They are dirty, smelly, but very happy. It's a sensory shock to be here. So much is going on, and there's so much noise from all the cars. For the first time since the beginning of this hike, I'm noticing these sounds, and it's intense. David and I are happy to go back to the trail. The kids... Not so much, but a series of cool tunnels underneath the interstate and train tracks quickly get them excited again. We begin the waterless climb up to Wrightwood. We are carrying about 20 pounds of water between David and I, and for the first time, I feel like this is the most I can handle. I struggle to get myself up the trail, and my muscles are on fire. This type of pain and discomfort doesn't bother me, though probably because I understand it. I know why it's happening and how to work through it. It makes me feel alive. The kids are doing much better, still talking the whole way, running down the trail and watching the trains and cars below us. We make it to a water cache and there's plenty of water, which makes us feel silly carrying all this water weight the six miles from Cajun Pass. We camp at the water cache along with a bunch of other really great hikers, and the kids are very excited about spending time with other people. So, I mean, obviously, you know, parent, there's parent superpowers. I mean, that's a true thing. I mean, <laughs> if, if your kid was under a heavy object, under a car, you'd simply just lift the car up with your parental strength, pick it up so that the child can crawl out. I mean, you mentioned that if someone told you, like you wrote, you know, if... if you know, go carry this 30 pound rock when you have 60 pounds on your back. I'm sure you'd tell them to get lost. But on day 22, hiking 11 miles to camp, the last two miles, they're, I mean, they're difficult. I mean, you had, you decided to pick up and carry little Josh, Joshua. Um, mm-hmm. But talk about the strength of a parent. Um, I mean, God, you probably have amazed yourself at even just the everyday strength of just doing this hike um that you're doing but also i mean talk about david too i mean david david's looking out for you i mean he you know he's also being superhuman as well i mean he puts kids on his shoulders and you should just see his his pack is crazy but talk about him and just the strength of a parent oh david's been incredible he's you know he's always he's always offering to take stuff from my pack to to ease the load for me you know he's he yeah he's he's just become a a really strong person and there have been so many instances where you know I in hindsight you just kind of go over what what we just went through and you know like yeah it's kind of like wow did we really just, you know, do that? Like, how, <laughs> how did we do that? And specifically, yeah, that those two miles through the snow. At the um, end of the day on San Jack, leaving? Like, 
yeah mountain yeah just slipping slipping on the snow you know sequoia started becoming what what happened oh sequoia got cold and you know there was not a not a lot of daylight left yeah nowhere to camp and you know just a feeling of pressure to finish the section before um before nightfall yeah yeah because doing it in the morning felt like well this is gonna freeze overnight and then it's gonna be a real problem yeah day 36 14.5 miles we wake up to a beautiful calm windless morning ahead of us is a big climb to rightwood we hike up the entire day, and honestly, it's such a good change for my feet. Some of the pain I've been feeling is multiplied by the pressure of going downhill. It's supposed to get cold. There's a wind warning all the hikers are talking about, and possible snow in the night. So we plan to go as far as possible so we can get off the trail at Wrightwood tomorrow. I've been hiking with Joshua and David with Sequoia. Joshua and I are always ahead, looking for a place to take a break or camp. David and Sequoia are typically five to 20 minutes behind us. Whenever I ask Sequoia why she's so far behind, she tells me, I like to take my sweet time. Today, I hiked with her and finally understand what taking her sweet time means. Her imagination is incredible. Every stick is an animal the trekking pole, her horse that she rides, and any trash she finds, a treasure she must have. I took a video because it got ridiculous today. She's not going ultra light. For a couple of miles today, a dirt road follows the trail along the ridge, so we decide to take it. It's such a nice change. We all walk together, the kids taking turns telling stories, and I don't need to walk sideways on a little trail holding hands with Joshua. We can see where we've come from. Down below is Cajun Pass, and it's mind-blowing to see our progress like this. Today we went up almost 5,000 feet in elevation over 14.5 miles, which is complete insanity with little ones. Day 37, 5.6 miles. The trail has surprised us in so many ways, but today we woke up to the most incredible sunrise and the ground covered in a couple of inches of fresh snow. The wind raged in in the night and I kept waking up, sure that our tarp was going to fly away. The morning is freezing cold, but the kids are mainly concerned with playing in the snow. We pack up and quickly get hiking to warm up. Progress is slow, but we're a few short miles from the next town stop, Wrightwood, so motivating the kids isn't difficult. Sequoia's enthusiasm for the snow is once again the highlight of hiking through snow. Within a couple of hours, we're walking into Wrightwood. We're greeted by a complete stranger who welcomes us to town and buys us breakfast. It is one of the most heartwarming moments on the trail so far. Again, We feel so much gratitude. Our children get to meet people like this who make this world beautiful and special. We've hiked a hundred miles since our last shower and we look and smell like it. You don't particularly notice how dirty and smelly you are 
when through hiking until you step into a building. We are lucky to have a friend of David's host us at their house where we shower and do laundry. For lunch, we take out a hiker friend of ours and catch up on the trail on how it's been. The people you meet out here are usually instant friends walking the same path and struggling in similar ways. The trail truly brings people together. Tomorrow, we're taking a break from the trail. This is David's hometown, and our plan is to relax, resupply, and eat lots of good food. Tomorrow, me and my wife, we will fly from Denver to Czech Republic. Oh, you're going to Czech Republic? Okay. Yeah, how, yeah. For, for how long? For one month. Oh, you're gonna... And my biggest worries are my phone will not work over there. and I. <laughs> you could I go get not... a SIM card. Someone will put a SIM card in there and it will work. <laughs> yeah, so and on, on our way back, we, we will fly back to Denver. And on our way back, uh, uh, I hope we will meet with Marketa and David and kids on Kennedy Meadows, uh, where uh, we have in, in our truck uh, bear boxes and some stuff for Sierra. Yeah, and I hope my plan is to help them uh, resupply on Cottonwood Pass and maybe Kersich Pass. Yeah, and then I I have to go to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we bought tickets for for our flight to Czech Republic about the time when Marketa told us uh, she will hike PCT. Uh, I thought, uh, ah, that will be over in one, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when, the, I mean, obviously Sequoia was first, right? And then then there was little Joshua. Joshua. Which he's doing excellent. Like he's adapting mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. Arketa was talking about how he he's really liking the, the being on trail. And he looks up to his big sister too, right? Yeah, so I... I I was uh, I was worried about uh, about Joshua because he's uh, probably that's not visible from from pictures, but he's so small. He's short, yeah. Y- yeah, he's short, and he he has all, all the time practically he's running. He's running PCT. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, his hair's really heavy. He's got a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's gonna have long hair like david oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) day 38 zero miles hanging out in wrightwood with good people has been restorative the kids are running around wild filling up on good food socializing and living their lives happily david and i are using this time to plan ahead The next section to Acton is almost 80 miles without a resupply, which means so much food for us. We've bought the food, and we'll see if we can get these kids through the next section without running out of food. We have alternatives in case we don't make it, but it would be easier to stay on trail for us. Now that we've made it this far, we're starting to plan the most daunting section, the Sierras. It's not daunting for us because of snow or river crossings, although this is also important. 
but because of the long stretches between resupplying. We know we need help, but don't know when we will get there, where we will need help, so it's hard to even ask for help. We're still over a month away from the beginning of this section, so there's time. Nevertheless, we can't help but feel overwhelming anxiety about it. The trail provides. My heart keeps leaning in on this quote, feeling consoled by it, but my mind feels otherwise. If we can't figure it all out before we get there, we will skip the whole section. But David and I feel very compelled to push through and make it work. Any ideas or suggestions are welcome. The next 80 miles should give us a better idea of how much food we can carry and how much we can stretch the miles between our resupplies. Day 39, zero miles. Yep, another day off trail. David is so happy to be in his hometown. I'm happy to be hanging out in my favorite town along the PCT and the kids are just being kids. We got to talk with Dan from the podcast called A Long Walk North, talking about our hike for those interested. It's so hard having three little ones this close in age, but I always say they are a tripod and each plays an important role. Sequoia is like a mini adult. She seeks her independence and breaks rules. Her imagination has flourished here on trail and she entertains her brothers and all of us with her games and theatrics. She's hiking this hike on her own terms, and it's been very interesting to find ways to motivate her, encourage her, and keep her moving forward. Sequoia's favorite thing about hiking is the snow, camping, going to people's houses. I also like our tarp and that we have backpacks. (laughs) Joshua has been the biggest surprise. He has adapted to trail life almost flawlessly, embracing this lifestyle and putting in the work to make this adventure a possibility for all of us. I don't know many three-year-olds who could do this hike in these miles, and he's such a tough kid. He also wins in getting dirtiest on trail, hiker trash at its finest. Joshua's favorite thing about hiking is eating all the snacks, and I like to be in right wood. Stenda has proved to be able to ride along in the backpack, keeping happy most of the time. He tests all of us. He loves excavators and often excavates dirt onto our heads, into our food, tent, backpacks. It's a challenge. He's learning to talk and has started saying the word happy in the backpack, which is the most heartwarming thing to hear as we're hiking. Proud of them. Excited to continue hiking tomorrow, the trail seems to call to us no matter how awesome and comfortable we get in town. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. We really enjoyed making this one. Um, Just piecing together the different conversations with both of them, taking the time out on trail when their kids are sleeping, but then getting a chance to talk to her sister and her father. And it's just nice to bring it all in together. I really, really want to thank Kara. She was the one who recorded this for me. Um, I basically said, hey, you have to read all these Instagrams. And you have to read them out like you're her. So, Kara, 
I super appreciate what you, you know, what you took the time out of your schedule to do this, and you are leaving for Panama in a couple days. Um, I'm a sucker for PCT stuff, but I'm also a parent, but I just can't get enough of eating this stuff up. I love it. So thank you so much for everyone listening, and we look forward to the next episode. Here is the last teasy commercial. If you heard this a couple times, just end the episode. Have a great day. Hey, Dan here. We decided to make a little Facebook page for the podcast. So if you search on Facebook, A Long Walk North Podcast, it should come up as a page. And we just thought, you know what? It will help with engagement. Meaning, if you have a question for us, if you have a question that you want us to answer on the podcast, ask it. Put a comment in any post. If you have any feedback, feedback whether it's a certain episode or just in general, things that we're doing right, things that we're not doing right, things that bug you, any recommendations, suggestions, any guests that you want us to reach out to to see if they'll come on our podcast and talk. But anyways, we have a Facebook page. We're not going to post a ton of stuff, but it will help you alert you if there's something new. So go find it. Put a link in the description for the episode as well. Okay, enough of this. On with life. Talk soon.